Hello, Internet. You asked, and so you shall receive, Rogue Trader is back. But with a new cast of characters, that we're going to go over right now. So not at all what you asked for. Yes. I never asked for this. I've got some big shoes to follow. <laughs> Richard. Do you, anyway. How well do you think you'll do it blinding your entire party? <laughs> Considering I used uh, my my one item of character generation f- for a fighting arena instead of a conversion field. <laughs> and that Wait, kind of, what? And honestly, that's a bit of a sucker's buy, considering a fighter's arena is just a space. It's a space with comfortable seats. <laughs> that said, space is hard to find on a spaceship. You wouldn't think so from the it's name. It's hard to find around. It's easy to find around it, but also worthwhile space is questionable. Apparently, this doesn't take up. It doesn't take up space like the stat. That's well, why yeah. I had to buy it as an acquisition and <laughs> couldn't just get it on the ship. They just tacked it onto the side, just kind of soldered it no, there, it's, and so it's it just fine. a bouncy castle. Like it's in a big inflatable arena. Well, it doesn't oh take yes, up space. you can just roll it out. It doesn't take up space because it's temporary. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't take up space because there's a bunch of like vital components going through it that you can use as cover. Uh, also, it comes with inflatable sumo suits. <laughs> God, I hope so. Anyway, so we're going to go over the characters. How about Max? Tell me who you are. Sorry. Uh, I'm playing Deandy. Uh, uh, she is an astropath transcendent, I believe is the full title. Yes. Yes. Um, she was raised on Voidborn uh, Space Station is the term. I don't know. I don't know 40k well enough. Help. It that can be a space thing? station. That's okay. A, that's a real thing. Okay, just making sure... <laughs> Um, and Raze is kind of an odd way to put about it, as she was more created. There was a program going on there by a couple of not-sanctioned scientists to intentionally create psychers, or as they were referring to it in Project Witches. Uh, as part of this, they were... It was a very carefully kept circumstance, and she was one of the first ones to actually be not as horribly mutated when they successfully created one. They made Fraun. other ones with psychic powers, but most of them so, were so she was, worse in other ways. Come she here, was the Fraun. first viable release candidate. Yes, exactly. Um, but she was still a prototype, and they weren't fully done with their process. However, once she got to the point that her powers started being able to be applicable, uh, they were picked up by a black ship. And in the process of doing so, the entire facility was purged. I'm glad you know about the black ships. I do know that much. And what she look like? Uh, kind of on the shorter end, a bit broad, not quite pudgy, but a little bit of chub. Uh, black hair, very smooth, carefully parted into two uh, two ponytails at pretty much all times. Um, wears proper robes. Has burned out eyes, though she generally keeps that behind a simple visor. Ah, the LaForge approach. Um... Around her neck, also, at pretty much all times, is a smooth, gray, black, slightly shimmering-looking scarf that is actually her familiar, a strange, uh, malleable snake with a very bright red face. Gross. Uh, Generally just incredibly positive and happy to be there, despite the strange things that have happened to her in the past. Primarily because she's doing these things and and not staying as simply another expendable person. Okay. Um, Josh, what's your character like? Uh, my character is named Scylla. Uh, she 
is from a deaf world, which is to say a really terrible place full of really terrible creatures that it's kind of impressive that humans can even survive on them. Hence, you know, the death in there, I guess. Uh, a bunch of bad shit happened. She ended up joining up with the Navy. Um, she's real tall, probably like 6263-ish, maybe. Um, built kind of like a brick shit house. Like, she is... You can tell just by looking that she's not one with which to be fucked with. With which to be fucked... Whatever, anyway. A uh, bunch of scars. Lots... Uh, majority of them are old and faded and look like wounds from animals. Uh, there are some newer ones that look like bullet holes or shrapnel or whatever. Um, Moving up. Long black hair. Uh, usually wearing some manner of armor. And she is the ship's void master. <laughs> Uh, surprisingly, even though she, yeah, I don't know. That's okay. You know, she flies her bench pressing equipment, which is to say the gun cutter <laughs> and the main ship. So I punch the controls until they work. But uh, yeah, she just apparently was naturally inclined to flying stuff around, and uh, so people made her do that. Okay. Oh, and she has a sick ass uh, robot bird named uh, Carbidus. It is called a grapple hawk. It grabs dudes. It's rad. <laughs> okay, given. I'm playing uh, Herzog Leitner, a missionary from uh, the Imperial Cult. He stands around six feet tall with a broad chest and a hugely developed upper body. And he wears uh, marked uh, Imperial Guard armor, along with carrying a massive heavy flamer on his back. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know, do we ever figure out, is there a first officer... Might be an okay position for me, unless we want to make that an NPC position. There will be people on your bridge crew that aren't you. Okay. So you can be first officer if you like. Sure. I mean, I doubt the astropath is. Gotta be the choir master telepathica. Let's see. So that leaves one person. Hax, tell me about your character. Oh, all right. Well, uh, I'm like laying at the trumpets and shit. <laughs> yeah, there aren't enough creepy baby half-robots pr- pr- loudly announcing my arrival. I am done with tiny fake children after the other game we just had. Damn you, Kevin. There's so many questions with that. No, it's Kevin's fault. You were there, Max. (laughs) Oh, that game. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm playing Phaedra Ramirez, the rogue trader. Uh, Like a fair portion of her family, she was born on the battle fleet, since anyone who's not currently holding the warrant is out. Uh, working for the Navy or some other part of the Imperial military apparatus. Um, Was put in charge of a single colony. Um, She was a fair number of steps away from the uh, actually holding the warrant uh, until uh, certain issues began to strike the Ramirez dynasty and uh, she sort of rapidly ascended in a short number of years. Okay. And Ronnie, you're Ronnie, the first name again? Phaedra. Phaedra. Yeah, uh, in terms of physical appearance, um, average height, um, long reddish hair, uh, dresses somewhat conservatively for a rogue trader, uh, and that she doesn't have a chest full of medals yet, uh, but she does have a big, sweeping, white uh, Xenopel cloak made from a predator, sort of a like what would happen if you crossed like a polar bear and a tiger looking kind of thing on her back. One of the first things Solo would have asked you is if you killed it yourself. I've, I've got people to do that for me. 
speaking of, uh, give me a brief overview of your ship, which I'll remind the audience, regardless of its size, still looks like a castle floating through space. Yes, the only uh, the only variation to that template is that this has a rather huge, uh, like, it's even for ramming, because you have to buy that, but it's a very big uh, sort of scoop on the front. Uh, but yes, the Brilliant Resolve uh, is a sword class frigate, uh, kind of a stock ship as far as the 40k universe is concerned. Um, it it's basic. It's mostly a boarding vessel. Uh, its guns are actually kind of crappy, and it is very, very old. Uh, our bridge is a marvel from the time when technology was a wonder and not something we're still trying to rediscover. Uh, and so, not only are the Adeptus Mechanicus really interested in the ship, but our ship is an absolute pain in the ass to work with because everything has to be connected through the old ass bridge. All right, it is a good bridge though. Gotta love that bridge. Okay, so you find yourself in a rather moderately sized courtroom in uh, in the inside edge of the Coronis Expanse, which is sort of the outer rim of the galaxy, to speak of uh, speak in sort of Star Warsy terms. Just a little background: the galaxy's fucked. It's being attacked from all angles by all sorts of opponents, some of which threaten to destroy the entire galaxy, some of which threaten to remove all of its organic material for food, some of which want to remove all organic material out of spite, and that's not thats not even to say the dangers of just the people that already live there. So the Coronis Expanse in particular is sort of a wild, sort of a wild west as far as the central authorities of the galaxy are concerned. There's not really enough resources on the part of the Imperium to keep perfect track of it. So a lot of their, um, a lot of their sort of duties are delegated to these rogue traders in exchange for a healthy sum of currency. Right, so you find yourself on the defendant's stand, Phaedra. An old wizened judge sits at the... Uh, is there a word for that? The bench? Is that the bench? Uh, that'd be the bench, yeah. He sits at the at the bench holding, um, holding a gavel. And... It's probably the bench of tricks or something. <laughs> That's the bench of tricks. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of a gavel, the judge probably has a shotgun. <laughs> Now, he holds a gavel, but his hand appears so weakened from his old age that it needs to be practically held up by cybernetics just to move the gavel through the air. Phaedra Ramirez, you stand accused of the crime of imperial heresy and as well the crime of, through inaction, allowing heretical action to spread. Do you have any closing statements? I do. Continue. Since the time of the terrible conflict in this Imperium uh, that ended with the ascension of the Blessed Sebastian Thor, the Ramirez dynasty, dynasty uh, has strove to be as upright and honest in our dealings uh, as we could possibly be. I won't deny that under pressure certain mistakes were made by hired agents of the dynasty, those mistakes were dealt with swiftly and without the slightest shred of hesitation on our part. I can only hope that we have done enough to prove ourselves to the Imperium at large. Will that be all, Ramirez? That is all, sir. Very well. And it shall be put to the jury. A very short amount of time passes... Uh, there is not actually a jury box in this room. It appears that uh, there is a camera 
in the place where there's normally a jury. And after not too long, a uh, small blip appears on a small monitor that he has in sitting at the corner of the bench. A verdict has been reached, Ramirez. For the crime of heresy, for which the punishment is execution, you are found not guilty. For the crime of inaction, causing heretical action to proceed, you are found guilty. And as recompense, the garden planets known currently as Thorin's Rest shall be returned to Imperial hands and re-offered through silent auctions to previous bidders. He smacks the gavel down on the table and says, Case dismissed. Bring in the next defendant. And there's a great bustling of uh, people walking in and out of the courtroom as you're allowed to return to your crew, who I assume were there to support you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Trying to, try to keep it together, uh, especially due to how heavily militarized her dynasty is. Uh, it's always put on a pretty brave face. So... Yeah, she tries to step out of there with some dignity. All right. All the rest of you are there in the outer courtroom. Was there some sort of monitor thing to watch on that, or? Yes. You have a little bit of trouble with monitors, considering uh, the way your That's sight true. works. That's true. I presumably would have heard it at least. Though. Yes. There, there's definitely an audio feed coming out. In fact, the uh, there were amplifiers in the room because of the judge's sort of wizened and raspy voice. So you likely heard it through even the door. Kind of just stands up, but in a calm waiting silence, waiting for someone else to talk first. Well, given the charges, anything short of execution should be considered a win. I suppose. I'm just uh, a little preoccupied. Uh, it's going to happen. With something to, beyond uh, the case. Uh, the <laughs> our, our dynasty soldiers on the planet, they needed that place. There's always another war. Yes, but now the Ramirez dynasty has no place to send men after. Largely speaking, just as a flavor note, I believe that uh, PTSD therapy largely considered sort of an afterthought when it comes to galactic war. That's why the Ramirez's are so standout. Exactly. Yeah, though honestly, it's probably not particularly constructive. It's basically like let's just let's just get them away from the battlefield and maybe feed them some booze and like let them hang out on a beautiful place for a little bit, or we send them right back. This would help treat your shell shock. Have no some one's, roast lamb. No one's figured out a standard blueprint for psychotherapy. That blueprint the is the Imperial pattern. Creed. <laughs> yes, largely speaking, a lot of the uh, post-war trauma effects goes to uh, go straight into the ecclesiarchy, as to say, the priestly orders of the Imperial cult, which Herzog is familiar with. Are you calling it a cult? That's heresy. No, that's the official name. Really? Yep, that's actually well, I mean, real. Cult doesn't always have, like, there's, in the Catholic Church, there's, like, cults or whatever of certain things, and or there was, I don't know if they still do well, that. It's a word that has, because of the actions of certain cults, become sort of tainted. So right. there are things that are probably still technically cults, just don't call themselves that in 2016. Because... Yeah, and also like cults can be sub-organizations instead of a larger organization. Yeah. They okay. just focus on something else. And don't get me wrong, you'll, you'll very rarely find a priest in the orders calling it the imperial cult. I, I, think, the, I think the machine cult is a little cooler with the, calling themselves the machine cult, but that's only because the word cult is probably shorter than anything else they could use, and it's efficient. <laughs> yeah. 
Yes, we call it the MC. <laughs> we don't uh, have time. Good old fashioned Mick. We don't this have time is, for the whole name. This is my machine cult branded hammer. Ah, <laughs> uh, boy. Cease operation. It is. No, no. Yeah, I, I, I get you. <laughs> Well, as far as she's concerned, I mean, because as far as, you know, she might have won as far as she knew. So, like, is there anything uh, that, like, my factotum's bugging me about or anything like that? Um, um, your factotum is just, you have sort of a live feed to your factotum because it's such an important job on your ship. He, um, he kindly sends you a message that the silent auction is due to happen immediately. And that's, of course, your dynasty is uh, forbidden from participation. Thank you. And then he says, and then he sends sorry and a, a, a small regretful smiley face. Frowny face. I was about to say, our emoticons got really in-depth. In it's like a frowny winky face. <laughs> Just like the semicolon yes. semicolon uh, open parentheses. parentheses. Yeah. <laughs> Or maybe just capital T underscore capital T. If you think about it, emoticons are a universal language. If you have faces. I was about to say. <laughs> yes, well, the faceless people have certain issues with communication in their own right. Although in this game, they're largely telepathic. <laughs> That's one of the mutations you can get. Anyway. Yeah, so as soon as, as, soon as uh, it's like, it's like, well, we have no more business here. Let's return to the ship, and we're going to go find another one. At this point, you hear uh, you hear a familiar sound that sort of leaves a burning feeling in your heart. You hear the sound of sort of pretentious military officers' shoes clacking down the corridor, almost like tap shoes with the metal bottoms of them. You recognize this as the clarion call of the soon arrival of one Harlan Dalbeck. And for just a moment, just kind of plays across the hilt of their power sword <laughs> that they let you have in the in the in the courtroom, which she is a very real impressive family. Yeah. yeah, and that uh, that clicking of boots is soon after followed by the sound of a rather elaborate cane clacking against the ground next to them. As a man in his ap- apparently mid forties, but still rather handsome, uh, long shoulder length black hair that slicked down and a black goatee that comes out to a point in front of his face. He walks up to your group with a self-satisfied smile on his face. I'm glad to see they didn't put you to the gallows, Phaedra. Hello, Harlan. I take it you're not on planet to congratulate. No, I'm on planet for rather a few other concerns, but I was happy to take a detour to congratulate you're not dying. And it gives you a winning smile that practically shines from years of sort of artificially affected teeth teeth cleanings and whitenings. Phaedra feels like destroying something beautiful. <laughs> those teeth, destroy those. They're absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> How's that right? Uh, let me guess. You can't stay long. You've got an auction to get to. Indeed. It is a shame that the Imperium will not be getting the full value of the planet, considering the auction is being held immediately and, well, I'm the only rogue trader dynasty on planets. You're the sole bidder? I wouldn't say that, but I do have a great deal of resources to put behind it. I'm surprised any, I'd be surprised if anyone else showed up at all. Going to say this once. You will never know the full value of that planet. I'll certainly know more value than giving it away for free. I'll spend her in their place. And my guests will earn their place too. 
only with coin instead of service. It's the only thing you understand. We're rogue traders, dear. That's all I need to understand. I see you've brought your birdman, birdwoman, your priest, and your telepath. You'd think they'd be needed on the ship. Blessed are the righteous, while the unjust will see all their gains turn to ash. I've done nothing unjust. I'm not the one you have to convince. <laughs> yes, well, when the time comes to see the god emperor, I'll face him with a smile. He grins wide and is a little ding as it sparkles. <laughs> I've heard a lot of people say that. Not as many actually happen. Yes, well, I fully intend to die in the stupor of some new drug or alcohol, perhaps in the throes of lovemaking. At least that's the dream, right? It's not the dreams I have. Much nicer. <laughs> I imagine it would be. Now then, I must be off. Congratulations on your continued survival, Ramirez. Yes, uh, I suppose we'll see each other again at the next Port Wander uh, occasion. So, question, since I don't really know. Uh, how obvious is it when someone uses a psychic power? Um, depends on if you strike a psychic phenomena or not. If you don't strike a psychic phenomena, then largely speaking, um, they are unnoticeable unless they create some sort of physical effect. Yeah, like oh, fireballs. Fireballs. Psychers, other psychers can sign missions to see yes. that there's something going on. But, but large, yeah. largely people don't have the psychic detection ability. Okay. Oh, uh, look, another rain of blood. I think I know overall this guy's deal, but just since I can, uh, I'm going to better uh, roll to or read his aura. Okay. Roll it. Roll doubles. And, See what and does that, that is a 5 out of 59. Very nice. That's uh, How did degrees of success work in this? It's just, uh, like, it's... Subtract, uh, subtract your result from your And then total, chop the... And take the tens digit. Yeah, and then chop the last okay. digit off. Ah, so... so it's you five. 5 degrees of success. So let's see the list of things I get about them. Let me know. Uh, this includes the three strongest emotions the target is currently experiencing. Let's start with that, I guess. Pride, gluttony, and lust. <laughs> <laughs> is, is there an emotion just called slanesh? Uh, let's see. Smug, smug, and smug. Yeah, self-satisfaction, pride, and anxiety. Let's see. His race, I don't think that's really that questionable. His race is human. Uh, whether or not he has any psychic powers, I doubt that. He does not. Mm -hmm. A rough idea of his state of mental and physical health. No numbers, just... You know. um, he's a little tipsy, but beyond that, he's in decent health. Except for the rectal cancer. <laughs> if you just keep massaging, it'll go away. That's um, how that works. <laughs> that's how he's attempting to fix it. Uh, let's see. Then uh, let's get a better idea about the target's well-being at one degree of success, including current wounds and fatigue levels. I don't really care that much. Yeah, mechanically, uh, he's in full health and all that. Let's see. At two degrees of success can determine insanity points as well as addictions or madness he's suffering from. Um, addicted to uh, addicted to Amasek. He's an alcoholic. Okay. Um, insanity points, uh, nine. All right. Um, and then all the above information can determine how many corruption points the target has. Um, I'll go so far as to say 12, but exposure to the warp over a long period of time has been known to do that to people. All right. That's about it. I'm just was curious to know. Okay. Good information. Definitely. Once he's 
almost out of earshot, I'm going to turn to Ramirez and just ask plainly, could you remind me again why it's illegal to rend men like that limb from limb? It does uh, not break his stride. Not for the same reason can't rend someone like me limb from limb. It's a, it's a power structure thing. We're peers of the Lords of Terra. Of course that man is not my peer. But that's not what it says on paper. He makes you look better by comparison. I'll give you that. <laughs> Though if he wasn't so absolutely positively enraging, I'd ask him what tech priest he's seeing uh, in terms of dentistry. Dear sweet emperor, I didn't know teeth could get that shiny. <laughs> he Is hires that not he... common? I once saw a woman at a ball with, well, it looked to be half a junkyard worth of metal sticking out of her face. Was there half a junkyard sticking out of the rest of her? I've met a couple people like her. Quite possibly. I don't have much patience for that sort of gathering. He is a full-time Dentomaster Telepathica. Yeah, to be honest, it's like the augmentists are the people <laughs> at the second. party they everybody ignores. they just talk to his teeth then, or what is it? <laughs> They astro telepathically project encouraging words to his teeth. <laughs> Just continuing playing Chip Skylight. <laughs> it's a good song. My <laughs> shiny teeth and me is pretty solid. <laughs> right. So you guys are heading back to um, Rami the name, the ship. Oh, the Brilliant Resolve. Brilliant Resolve. Fancy. All right. Yeah, so you head back to your ship. You've, you turn in the proper papers that have now been stamped with, a, uh, with like basically a small chip in one side that signifies that you've been on trial for heresy. Yeah, I assume there's probably some document she's got to sign to release uh, that world and, you know, cracks the quill halfway through it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> sort of thing. Most of the uh, most of the things are done by you know automatic processes or the legions of bureaucrats that live on any world. But soon you're back to the familiar smell of half-burnt starship fuel as you re-enter the uh, the dockyard. What do starships burn again in this? Plasma. Just just plasma. Isn't that a state of matter? It's, it's plasma drives. So I assuming that they are turning they, they... something into plasma and then capturing the heat from that as power? Uh, I don't know. Well, that's real inefficient. <laughs> I mean, but... they just leave it on. They don't want the AC to turn off ever. <laughs> Either way. Yeah. Um, you make your way back into the ship. What's the bridge look like? Anyone can tell me things about what the bridge looks like, because I'm, I'm sure you've all in certain ways personalized it. There's probably a moose head on it. It's just one moose head? <laughs> like on a wall, like a mountain moose head. Yeah. I don't know, man. I assume yeah. it... I'm thinking it... I'm thinking it looks like an old-timey, like, gentleman's club-style, like, lounge area, where it's just like, oh, and there's the stuffed border herker beast, or whatever. Yeah, there's I mean, a fireplace that... that is one of the tubes that goes through the engine. <laughs> yeah, I... running off of that, it, it, it comes from a time in which the galaxy was distinctly less feudal, so there probably isn't, like, a dais for the command throne. There might not actually technically be, like, what Imperials would call a command throne. It's probably more like what, you know... Uh, not exactly what Kirk had in Star Trek. That's a bit too shiny. But, you know, it's uh, it's it's much less ostentatious. This isn't a throne. It's barely a chair. Ostentatious before later decoration. And it's covered with, um, like, all of the read readouts and stuff are from, you know, these amazing-looking hololithic display tanks. How many furs have you added after the fact? There's at least one, like, on the throne itself. 
But uh, aside from that, I mean... You piled up enough furs that now it's a throne again. <laughs> oh, and to answer your question in the uh, the chat, Max, you can see colors. I, I just figured there'd be a little bit of interference with monitors. You can still see the image, for sure, and distinguish it properly. Let's see. Your uh, your Bridge of Antiquity, isn't one of the features it has a, uh, a full holographic display? Yep, that's the the tanks I described. Or they call them tanks for some weird reason? I guess it's because they're probably uh, more like a, uh, you know, one of those computer monitors that people work on, you know, I'm, like um, facing upward, that kind of I'm, thing. I'm basically imagining that, uh, that, like, pool from the secret chamber in Mist that sort of has a projecting medium inside it. It's it's been a long time since Mist, but I think I can I can figure what you're saying. Yeah. What hasn't everyone played Mist in the last six months? <laughs> um. Oh, to answer Max's question in the chat, uh, it's probably close. It wouldn't actually be in the bridge itself because this bridge is probably near the top of the ship, and so is the choir chamber. Yeah, you probably have another chamber where all where a bunch of the other astropaths congregate when necessary, and there's also a. Uh, no, Max, feel free to ask ask away. Uh, ask in voice if you like. Yeah. No, 40K sure is ridiculous. It has a lot of lore, and I'm sure it'll be helpful to the audience to uh, to know these things, too. Fair enough. Audience, you probably know more than me already. Yeah. That is okay. We're all here to learn and I'm also not. kill things. <laughs> also, grab, also to grab things with hawks. Man, I was all prepared to do that, and I left mine at home. <laughs> okay. Oh, God, crap, hawks. <laughs> Go Hawks squadron, pull. launch them all at the same time, and then add in systems that will then combine into a giant. I, I guess, slightly larger than man-sized robot. <laughs> okay, Volhawk. <laughs> with uh, with expectations of the uh, of the audience firmly brought high by that hypothetical, you get a um, a hollow message incoming warning, uh, Phaedra. Uh. Would it have anything included about the source? Um, it has only the sort of, like, uh, group designation, at which point it's, it just says civilian. Okay, so they're using the civilian band. Uh, yeah, she will pull it up on the tank. So I assume hollow messages are relatively short distance compared to at least the other forms of communication? Yeah, the reason that we've got astropaths is because the galaxy is so big that even light can't travel fast enough. Right, so like the full hollow message things that you have the luxury of having, largely short-term, but appreciated. So the hollow tank springs to action, and uh, projectors began turning on with a familiar sort of heartwarming whir. And um, a rather cheerful-looking man with uh, short, well-coiffed brown hair and a business suit appears standing in the pool, his hands behind his back. Captain, is that your title? Oh, if I gave you all my titles, we'd be here all day. Captain will suffice. Captain Ramirez, I have an offer for you. Uh, well, while we're uh, quickly moving past pleasantries, may I have your name? Oh, yes. You may call me Robert. Robert will do. Will do. Okay. Uh, what do you have? I have many things, Captain, including your garden planet. I, I'm, I'm sorry? Um, Thorin's Rest, I believe it was called. And you say you have it? Well... I'm not on it or anything. No, but um, it was recently sold at auction? Yes, it was. To yeah, me. So you're, you're claiming to be the winner of that auction. I do. Would you like the planet designation number? That's a start. He uh, looks down at a small paper that comes into frame, 
obviously handed to him by some underling, and he reads off the, like, 30-digit number perfectly. Yeah, she starts saying it for him, like, halfway through. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I figured we could enter into a little business agreement. I have jobs I need done, jobs that are of uh, an inter-system nature, and you have an inter-system ship. Sounds like a win-win. And what exactly, uh, what sort of work were you uh, looking to have done? Uh, obviously, we have a long and illustrious history of, uh, of private military action. Um, there will be a fair amount of wet work going on, yes. Of course, the rewards will scale with the difficulty of the task, and of course, the larger rewards will come later in our relationship when I know I can trust you. Ah, I see. And at the uh, very, very end uh, of this black hole I'm about to crawl into, I'm sure, lies my planet. Well, hopefully not the end. But yes, later. I would be not averse to uh, granting the authority back to you to run Thorin's Rest, although there is a substantial amount of red tape that would go into it considering the results of that election today. Er, trial. Trial. That's the word. He looked very confused for a moment. This dude is some kind of terrible Zeno inside a man suit. <laughs> He's those bone stealers. They're bone thieves? Is that what they're called? Bone thieves? Book of Eternal Darkness? That sounds horrible. Yeah, no, they were real bad. They took out your bones and then replaced them with themselves. I might God. be able to possibly tell, but he's far away. <laughs> yes, you're having a little, bit of diff- 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 a little bit of difficulty interacting with his soul from wherever he is. Bone thieves. <laughs> I presume a range based on sight doesn't mean through monitors, especially with the previously discussed difficulty. <laughs> no. You, you can see the, the form that the hologram is casting for sure, but okay. your, uh, your soul-to-soul <laughs> network is over a lower radius. Yeah, only astronomical units. Uh, okay. As long as I can physically see them, that part I can do, but... Get me a telescope! Physically is the problem. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it probably would work. It says sight. <laughs> get, me, get, me uh, get me the psychoscope. Psychoscope. Uh, here's what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to uh, provide you information to contact uh, my factotum. Uh, he will take care of uh, the paperwork involved, whatever it might be. And, uh, of course, I accept the... Uh, I'm not taking on this job before I know what it is. Of course. Um, speaking of your factotum, um, have him open up your accounts for a moment. Speaking of factotums, what is one? A factotum is essentially the uh, your high accountant. He uh, runs the business side of the uh, rogue trader dynasty for you. If we had a Seneschal class player, uh, it'd probably be that. Or, well, maybe not, not technically, actually. Factotum's kind of a lower job on the totem pole, but they're fucking important. On the Factotum pole? Ouch. Yeah. Honestly, the Seneschal is best suited to the high Factotum role. Yeah. yeah not, the, not the first officer or something. Uh, all right. Yeah, I guess they probably had them sealed by like order of the courts or something like that. So she'll have him, you know, make sure that they're receiving accounts again. Oh, I mostly meant to look at them, but oh, okay. Uh, please add one profit factor to your uh, dynasty. Okay, up to thirty-one. Oh, good. I was gonna ask that. <laughs> yeah, we got the cool ship and the, not a whole lot of money. My preference, but you know. 
Robert sort of bounces back and forth between his toes and his heels. I see. I like this man. He's cheerful. That's just for listening to me. Wasn't that much of an ordeal. Exactly. So you know I'm a generous man. A man who can hand out the gross product of a world at a whim. Okay. What are we doing? Are you familiar with Agusia? Anyone can anyone can make me a common lore Coronis Expanse thing for that. Sure. I think I am actually an Expanse nooblet. Uh, and untrained checks in this um, half are half your your uh, characteristic, not minus twenty. Yeah. <laughs> Better no. or worse sometimes. In that case, I roll twenty out of twenty. Nice. Sixty-seven out of forty-six. Not not happening. Nowhere close out of like fifteen. And Josh. Uh. <laughs> okay, that's all the answer I needed. All right, Herzog, you have heard of that uh, planet before. It is it's a, one of the planets in the Heathen Star System, which is sort of uh, a place that's been known to have a number of sort of human civilizations that branched off and sort of grew independently of the Imperium. Okay. Agusia is, uh, to put it kindly, a mausoleum world. It seems that it seems to the explorers that founded it recently that a, a civilization that figured out sort of near system travel used it to house their dead. They just shipped ship after ship after ship of dead to it and built these elaborate structures on it to uh, to essentially think the uh, the tombs of Egypt, huge ostentatious displays of mausoleum wealth. The tomb world of the heathen star? Indeed. I'm glad to see you've done your research. It wasn't pleasant, I promise. It was a training exercise. A training exercise? Ah, well, I won't pry. That'd be uncouth of me. He says, waiting for you to answer about what it is. <laughs> he looks back blankly. Right then. So, if you agree to my task, which will put you well on your way to retrieving your garden planets, Captain... You will be going to Agusia for me and retrieving an an artifact from one of the many mausoleums there. What uh, what sort of artifact? No one sure. Essentially, one of the exploration ships had a large number of soldiers on it. Those soldiers went down to investigate a an energy signature, let's call it. And when they went down, they found themselves picked off one by one by various traps, defenses and it seemed to be the only defended mausoleum on the planet, as far as they knew. So they want to know what it was guarding, and so do I. I see. Well, that uh, that doesn't precisely line up with uh, with the Ramirez dynasty's talents, uh, but I'm certain we can accommodate you. Wonderful. I'll speak to your factotum presently to determine the reward for such an endeavor. Ah, uh, yeah. He deals with my authority. Whatever he says goes. Ah, wonderful. I can appreciate the trust you have in your workers. Uh, shall I contact you on this frequency? Send you an astro-telepathic message? Send me a telepathic message. Where I am in the galaxy at any given moment is <laughs> often unclear. Uh, understood. Uh, then uh, you'll also need to provide my factum with a uh, cipher he can give our uh, choir so that you are the only one who gets this message. Certainly. Such things are a dime a dozen. A throne a dozen. Sorry. That is the word for money. He says out loud. Was that in character? <laughs> that was not in character. Right. But humans use those resources. Yes. Human dollars. <laughs> <laughs> 
They have not used the other ones in a long time. I mean, I have not used those other ones either. <laughs> it's me, Mr. Robert Not-A-Titan. <laughs> yes, I hear your offer with my human ears. <laughs> Alright. Uh, well, then I suppose the next time we'll be speaking with each other, we'll have found out uh, the secrets this planet holds at roughly the same time. Wonderful. I'm excited to return your rightful property to you, Captain Ramirez. Very excited. And the hollow message comes to a close. And within about five minutes, the uh, the full range of account information and ciphers comes through to your factotum. Well, that was it seems he's interest. it seems he's willing to offer two profit factor for this job. I like him. No, this isn't fortune. Uh, I I don't I don't trust Dalbeck. Uh, but I trust him to maneuver in such a way that he should have been the only person of substantial wealth on the planet at the time. Oh, certainly. But among other things, this person beat him. And on that alone, it makes me like him a little more. Yes, but it also means that he's outmaneuvered the one oh. who outmaneuvered me. I never said we should trust him. That's a little him. troubling. I never said we should trust him. I just like him. I find... Sharing those two concepts is a difficult thing to reconcile. Wouldn't you give anything to not have to deal with your rival anymore? <laughs> One thing is a strong word. <laughs> mm, at this point, there's not much I wouldn't give. How does our priest react to that, exactly? <laughs> uh, i say he basically pretends not to notice. Oh, come on, you guys are acting like she's carving a corn symbol on her forehead. Yeah, I was about to say, like, what? <laughs> she's, she's just saying... <laughs> I'm just saying that anything is a very strong word. Lose three points of honor. Oh no, good thing we didn't have any. <laughs> Shit, I'm in negative three. What does that mean? <laughs> I, I'm keeping track of mine. I start at four. <laughs> <laughs> sure, you can keep track of your honor if you like. In the space future version of Rokugan, when characters run out of honor, they become 40k characters. All right. So, do you have any preparations to make? Um, I'll say there's enough time. There's definitely enough time for any of you to make an acquisition attempt. I haven't looked through the stuff to acquire. Right, if you don't want anything. I mean, I think I would love something, but I don't know what to look for. <laughs> it would take me a moment. Yeah, you can go out, go shopping, and by shopping, I mean leverage your impossible amounts of liquid wealth. Yeah, you know, leave whatever. Or uh, is this like a major? Uh, as major for the expanse, uh, like trade area. I, um, I guess it makes sense if, it, if there was like a interplanetary court set up there. Yeah, this isn't really um, like a trade hub, but it is large enough to have an interplanetary court for sure. So most things you can find there at no penalty, other than its normal rarity. I'm just gonna buy like a hundred clip harnesses, maybe. <laughs> cool. What do you have to roll for that? Why stop at a hundred? <laughs> Ten thousand. <laughs> It's common. I'm actually looking for four or five. Okay. I'm trying to find that chart. Acquisitions, acquisitions. Where are they? Influence. Unusual acquisitions. I rolled 21, so that's actually pretty good odds, I think. Okay. Common is plus 20. Okay. And you're looking for four of them? Yeah, four. So that'd be plus 20 as well, so 71 was your TN. Okay. Well, I get 21. I'm good. And if you're looking for a squad of 3 to 5, that's another plus 20. No, that, that's the number I was considering. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, normal plus. other systems call it 4 of. This is a squad of 3 to 5, yeah. Yes, plus 40 in total. So you're good. You get some Actually, clip harnesses. 
I don't know how many men are on the ship. I could just try to equip them all. <laughs> no, it's fine. They are at common quality. <laughs> you're, you're getting a redshirt number of clip harnesses. <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to be so awesome. We're going to have a showdown in an Egyptian tomb, and then all our dudes are going to repel in like badasses. It's going to be totally worth it. Half of them just sort of See, fall down the side of the planet. There's a reason you've gone far in the Ramirez dynasty. You've clearly got that vision. <laughs> Does anyone else have anything they'd like to buy? What would I need to roll to get some those, like subdermal armor, armor plating? Uh, they'll be in cybernetics. Yeah, so subdermal my... is rare. Technically, I want it for my grapple hawk. <laughs> uh, okay. your, your grapple hawk already has uh, uh, plating. Well, it has the machine trait, but it doesn't have... No, it, it, or... What did the errata say? Which errata? The, the most recent Rogue Trader errata to the Grapplehawk. It, it changed I, the way the machine trait... Or it, it took away plating it already had, maybe? I, I don't, I'm not sure. Cranial armor is scarce. Subskin armor is very rare. Can I get bird barding? Birding? Um? Uh... <laughs> where's the armor section? Help. Help. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can wait, wait on this for later. It's not... Sure, we can figure it out I mean, later. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to attempt to just get my power sword upgraded, so mechanically I'm trading it for the bonus. Okay. Um, so that'd be for a plus... Or minus 20... Uh, so uh, What's the rarity on it? Uh, it would be extremely rare. Oof, that's rough. Yeah, because it's a good quality, very rare thing. So Acquisition tests. Yeah. Plus 30 for a single man, extremely rare. Minus 30, so comes okay. out to a zero. Unless you put a craftsmanship mod on it. No, that's what the, the craftsmanship ship is pumping it up from very rare to extremely rare. Try and make it good. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'll just do the same thing as he is then, because I might as well upgrade my power sword too. Okay. So that'll uh, be a total of minus 10, right? Yeah. I don't make it. That's fine. Oh, yeah, plus, no, plus, plus And zero. so, what's our problem factor? 31. Okay. I make a second roll at minus 10. Uh, what are you after? A squad of photovisors. Sure. Give it a shot. Huh. Did you do it? Hot 7. That'll do but it. I'll let the rogue trader have the nicer sword, because she's my boss. Duh. And I don't need it. 95. Okay. I don't get photovisors. Okay. Anything that you're looking for, Max? I don't know, really. <laughs> I don't know what to be looking for. Illegal drugs. Uh, There's one thing that's like a cybernetic, but I don't see psychic hoods in this uh, anyway. There might not be one rogue trader for whatever reason. They're so valuable that even rogue traders don't usually get them. There's the um the only psychic boosting thing specifically is the etheric wave spars, which are in the be a bad guy book. Yeah, I I already looked those up. I'm not sure how getting cybernetics works. Basically the same, the same way. You know the rarity. A little, a little while is it. What's a single thing at Forcer Carapace run so uh, What's that cost? Uh, what's the availability on that? I, I don't I don't even have It's Enforcer Light Carapace? Yes, I think so. Uh, that is rare. Rare. So oh. that is plus 20. Okay, so I can roll a plus 10 to just get it after my for my second roll? Sure. Yeah, I'll do that then. So I'm rolling a 41. I got a 50. Okay, I'm done trying to get stuff. Okay. So yeah, so is there... Is it bad to try and get a cybernetic now, then, because if we're doing something immediately, or...? Um, hypothetically, the guy gave you no time limit. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's, a, it's a matter of, I think, D10 minus your toughness bonus days. Yeah. That you had a commission, so it's, it's, not, okay. it's not like years. Um, well, yeah, sure, I'll go for it. Uh, 
I also don't know how rarity things work. I apologize. Um, it's a single item, so that's plus 30. Uh, and then it is... Are those by very default, rare? very rare, but I want a good craftsmanship one. I don't so really want, want one that's That would be extremely good. rare. So, it'd so be, that's a flat plus zero. Yeah, you're looking at 31 or lower. No, nah, 42. Okay, I'm good though. All uh, right. Oh, hmm. everyone got their um, their allotment of fate points for the session? I do. Yep. Just I reminding can't... you, you have them. I can't find them. I have my noted. Uh, I, what do you use them for again in total? Um, rerolls or plus 10 to the roll before? Yeah, plus 10 beforehand on a roll or re-roll it afterwards. They refresh every session. You can also get wounds back with them, I think. Yeah, like 1d5 wounds. Okay, cool. Stop and every, every time you die, you burn one permanently until you can't. Unless you're okay with dying. Yeah. In which case you die. Unsurprisingly. <laughs> yeah, let me just get you the actual list because it changes every damn expansion. Okay. You can re-roll a failed test once, gain a plus 10 bonus to a test, add an extra degree of success to a test. You can do that after dice are rolled. Instantly recovered from being stunned, instantly remove 1d5 damage that can't affect critical damage, and counts as having rolled a 10 for initiative. Okay, cool. Oh man, I forgot my ridiculous purchase, or my reach purchase, but I'll do it some other time. What is it? Auto suspensors. Oh. It gets you a floaty flavor. Exactly. It just hovers in one hand like a magic flower. All right. Uh, so after we are done, uh, you know, throwing half of Planet's Wealth into this place, uh, I guess going to inform the Navigator and our uh, Master of Helms. We've got a place to be. Okay. Yeah. He is uh, minorly, minorly surprised that you have a heading so soon. Uh, you sure, Captain? You you don't want to hang around the uh, the port for a little longer? Sort of. No, I, I don't ever want to come to this place again. Oh, right then. I'll I'll get the engines burning. And for the love of the Emperor, tell me there's something going on in the arena tonight. Oh, I was actually about to uh, tell everyone to cancel it for the warp journey, but if you want to have them keep going for the warp. Well, I mean, if they're off to. Huh? Sure. Yeah, I think the I think the boys are having a three-on-one match today. Oh no. Yes. A supervisor and his subordinates? Uh, no. The the twist catcher found something interesting. Oh, good. <laughs> Did the rest of you hear that? Excellent. <laughs> it's notably interesting or just the average sort of interesting? Uh, notably interesting gets a man killed. <sighs> Shame. He's big. Real big. Yeah, but the big ones all fight the same. They just throw their weight around. I look at you like, don't even... I'm not. I'm talking about the twist, not you. You're fine. <laughs> he, he holds his his hawk up. Big men all fight the same, huh? <laughs> all big men have hawks. For, first, she yes. spends all of our time at port looking for a heretical cybernetic device. Then she comes on, and he's like, "We need bigger mutants." <laughs> oh, by the way, in case in case the audience does not know, a twist catcher is a person on the ship whose job it is to find people who've been mutated by working on a spaceship and call them from the ranks. Or, in some cases, direct them as a work leader. Yeah, well, you know, if they can if they can move heavy stuff and, you know, we don't have to tell anybody about them, but if they're just gibbering and, you know, attacking the passerby. <laughs> yeah. These kind of things are what happens when you don't have OSHA standards. <laughs> All right. So are you guys ready to head out? Yep. So here's a mechanical question. 
how in-depth do you guys want the warp travel system to be, considering you don't have a navigator? Because Navis Primer has like eight layers of rules on how warp travel works. Eh, make him a bad navigator. Who knows? <laughs> He's at least a 40, because we have a, a, a above-average crew. Um, oh, shit. That's, that's what I should have I should have like tried to buy him and... Astra Almanac Divinity or whatever it's called, but also need to buy combat tools for our tech priests or something like that. Gotta gotta get all the modifiers we can. Or we don't have a tech priest or a navigator. <laughs> all right. Um. Yeah. I mean, as long as you can figure out a way to for it to interact with the encounters chart properly. I mean, since none of us are doing it, it can be simple. Sure. This could be fun. So have a little bit of role playing time while I take a look at the uh, the many charts and graphs. Um, you know, it's unfortunate our bridge is so awesome. I fail to see any other place where we would have meetings on the ship. Yeah, it's probably the best place well, to have on the way to the arena. arena could be the best. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk it over in the in the private viewing box. Good use of knuckles on that one. Too bad his opponent had uh, just cybernetic teeth. <laughs> the the Ramirez dental plan is very good. And I think he's going places. Look at him chew. Yeah, just as long as we keep him away from the engines and he doesn't mutate more, I, I think I think we've really got something here. Well, he can no, be a work no. team leader someday. You need to keep him away from most anything vital. I think at this point he'd just chew through it. Nope, nope. Dagger to the heart. Well, it was nice to dream, wasn't it? Right. Oh, his heart's in the wrong place. Yes, this is the best. Yeah. What's What's the word for that? Dextrocardia? Something, Something like, that. like that, yeah. Where it's on the opposite side. Yeah. So, so I guess what everyone else has would be like sinister cardia. Well, I mean, they, they yeah, just call it having a heart, cardia. you know. <laughs> I really hate that that crappy Metal Gear Solid Two point is drilled in my head forever about that. Yep, yep, yeah. It's on the wrong side. <laughs> I forgot. Or the film I, I Assassin. Forgot, I forgot that I knew that. I forgot that I knew about that. I'm glad everybody knew. God, it's shitty being Revolver Us a lot. <laughs> Do you have a morale value? 103. Yeah. Or a morale value for short. Well, morale is basically one of oh, the two it, bars. They started 100. Yeah, you have a health system, right? <laughs> Based on morale. Yeah, that's that's the only thing the Resolution Arena does at Common is give three morale. What does it do at higher values? Uh, at good, it makes your boarding better. It, it makes your command tests better. Um, and at great, or at best, um, we can bring people there, and it gives us a plus 10 on social stuff, but we already get that from a bridge. So, we can't double impress them. Maybe you can. So yeah, look, look at this bridge from a time when people weren't so savage to one another, and now let's look at people go and be really, really savage at one another. Alright, um, so you said, uh, you mentioned that you knew of this place, Herzog. Oh, yes. It was part of a group project. I see. Uh, well, it appears that a conventional ground-based approach uh, has already been tried and uh, was ineffective. So I'm thinking small team, uh, maybe a, you know just one aquila load of people uh, anymore, and we crowd the place out. There are traps. More bodies means more fumbles and traps, so on and so forth. Agreed. There's little that our standard soldiers could do to help in this situation? Obviously, I'd like you to come. Uh, we're going to need means of rapid communication while we're there. 
you didn't hire me to sit on the bridge and file paperwork. Well, there you have it. And, of course, uh, while uh, it's no longer fauna, uh, Scylla, you've got experience dealing with hostile environments. Yeah. Shrug. Just trying to have it make sense that I'm bringing my bridge crew down. Damn. Well, I mean, it would make sense because I'm your best pilot and also your best beat stick. That too. Okay, so we do not... cheese or extra cheese? I'm going to give you guys a little spoiler on this. Uh, on this, You are not going to have to roll on the table Trials of the Soul. <laughs> Aww, that sounds really cool. <laughs> we'll have a Trial of the Soul next time we travel. Okay. Can we choose to fail and get that? No! What? I don't, that that chart, but I don't want anything to do with it. Um, I, I, I will say that, uh, that one of the roles you can get on that is Conundrum. So the trial of the soul itself is not a conundrum, but it can result in one. Or a trial of endurance, or a contest of strength. Those all sound awesome. <laughs> Why aren't you letting us do them? I'm not, it's not that I'm not letting you. There's a shit ton of random roles involved in this. <laughs> and I've got it all figured out now. Okay. So the, na- the navigator lets you know that uh, he's prepared for the takeoff. Although he does let you know that the astronomic hand is shrouded today. Understood. Uh, yeah, begin translation. All right. He uh, he goes into his psychic uh, his psychic navigator container, whatever form that takes on your ship. Clop-tub. That's probably bog standard. A lot of places uh, use just like a sensory depot chamber stuff like that. I'll I'll describe it by saying that uh, the the Dune guy would probably be pretty angry. Uh, if this weren't a fan project. <laughs> Alright. So you begin the translation. Everyone roll me a willpower test. With a plus ten for being experienced pilots. Oh boy. Huh. Nope. Failed. I make it with a single degree. Okay. Morp is too spoopy. Uh, tell me how many degrees of failure you got. And roll me a d100. Adding uh, plus ten for each degree of failure. Uh, how many... Can't find where I set my dice. One moment. Okay, I think it was just one degree of failure. Okay. So only a D100 plus 10. What is this exactly? I'm curious. Uh, you, you know that translation into the warp carries a risk of warp travel hallucination. Okay. Uh, oh, that's probably not good. The question is, how event horizon are you going to go today? Uh, apparently where I'm going, I won't need eyes to see because I've got 91. 91, so that brings you up to 101. No, 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 that was after the degree. Oh. I, I rolled an 81. Same result. So. All right. Three degrees of success, so I'm fine. All right, so you've received the flesh is weak hallucination. I'll tell you about that in a second. Kevin, how'd you do? Sorry, what were we rolling? Uh, roll first willpower. willpower. Plus 10. Willpower. Actually, I got four degrees of success, never mind. Yeah, roll your willpower plus 10. I fail, but depending on what it is, I may be able to spend a fate point. This is to determine whether you have a warp hallucination as you translate into warp space. Oh, okay. All right, then now I fail. Okay. By how much? Uh, how many degrees? Four degrees. Ooh, roll me a d100 plus 40. 68, 108. 108s. Also, the flesh is weak. Ooh, that's the number of stars of destiny. <laughs> Good job. Okay. Um, at the end of any warp encounter... The character sees the warp's mark on his flesh and must make a willpower test. If he fails, he believes he's mutating, tries to cut away the corruption, dealing 1d10 rending damage, plus an extra 2 for every degree of failure. 
Okay, I passed that willpower test, so that's good. Unless I cut on myself. Speaking of Event Horizon... I, I did say at the end of any warp encounter. So the, the navigator says that this is going to be an 18-day journey. And wow. he, just, he just sort of shrugs apologetically. <laughs> oh. Like the, it was supposed to be 14 days kind of shrug, or the, huh, this is usually 30 Apo- days kind of shrug. Apologetically in the sense that he's more of a weatherman than anything when it comes to uh, how long the journey's going to take. That's his, that's my best guess, shrug. Good. Precision. Exactly what you want from a navigator. Yep. Let's go. Let's do it. You, you also know that that's not uncommon to navigators. <laughs> now we understand this is the one thing she can't micromanage. <laughs> okay. So now there's going to be three warp encounters, one for every five days. And after each of those, you guys will make a willpower test. Cool. Uh, the, the two that failed that. To not cut away parts of yourself. This is fun. <laughs> 40k. I mean, I do love random charts, so I'm down with whatever. Yeah. Down with the sickness, literally. Uh-uh-uh. Okay. So about five days into your journey of watching uh, various mutated people fight various non-mutated crew members on the, uh, the fighting arena, uh, you receive word from the top decks that there is a warp storm approaching that's about to uh, batter the Geller field. So what exactly is a warp storm? A warp storm is sort of a twist in the in the sort of warp reality that you've entered into that sort of juts out almost invisible sort of potential physical hazards. Sometimes there's actual, like, ghost reefs and, like, ghost ships that travel through that you can run into. So consider the warp, like, a weird subspace full of the psychic energy of sentient beings. Yes. Right? Warp storms are kind of random manifestations that are just extra nutso and more like... The collective unconscious going haywire. Yes. Not even quite that, but sort of... There's also a bit of demonic influence. (laughs) Yeah. A a lot of demonic influence, really. Because this is where they live. But yes, this is going to be for the Void Master to avoid. So I call off the the pits and tell everyone to get to their stations and, you know, the usual... Uh, for a, I stop punching whenever I'm punching. This is kind of like a semi-emergency, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah, this is the sort of thing where everyone battens down the hatches. Okay, and that's just a pilot spacecraft. Yes. Uh, Plus okay. ten. Ooh. Uh, and that's agility based. That is five uh, degrees yes. of success. All right. Top three out of fifty-eight total. So the navigator gives you the relevant information on what to avoid and where, oh. and you manage to skillfully turn it out of the way. Six degrees. I think, because then I get a bonus because of my Void if Master. You're a, if you're a master of, of large craft, then yeah. Oh, no, I think I, did, I picked a small craft, didn't I? Uh, yeah. Either way, you uh, you very handily turn it away. Kevin and Josh, make me willpower rolls. Made it. I rolled uh, a 10. Spend a fate point to re-roll. It's only a little bit of rending damage. It's not like you're using your eviscerator or something. Oh, it's okay. Uh, I, I rolled an 84, and on the second roll I rolled a 91. So how many degrees is that? Uh, at willpower of 37, uh, 5 degrees, I think. Right, so roll d roll 1d10 plus 10. So when you use a fate point to re-roll, do you always have to go with the second result? Yes, the second one stands. <laughs> 15, I go to negative 4. <laughs> Jesus! No, toughness. Toughness counts, right? Yeah, yeah, subtract your toughness. 
Okay. Though armor to... doesn't, because you're cutting at your bear scan, I assume. Yeah. Okay, I go to zero then. You spend a fate point, so so you can't have points back. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. We'll get two D four. Just... At least I get five. Well, back. if he's out, can he cut himself? <laughs> oh, that's true. We should just lock him up in the med bay and let him heal. I, I can only assume that I took use the chain sword. <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah. So in in your eyes, you see a sort of tentacle emerge from uh from one of your arms. And as any good priest would, you uh, remove the corruption. Yeah, you don't want to see the guys who didn't cut it off with a chainsword. <laughs> he just and, gave himself a thumbs up and tried to cut his hand off? I'm not sure what's happening. And so the medbay guy comes, in, uh, comes by and sees that uh, you have a chainsword wound down to the bone, and he takes you to the medbay. I've had worse. Yep. Uh, yeah, Phaedra is actually going to actually asked to inspect anything that he cut off because she is actually super zealous in terms of dealing with chaos stuff now yeah. since all the bullshit. So <laughs> completely normal flesh. Yeah, it's just like God or Emperor Damned for hallucination. Throws it back in whatever, you know, surgical platter it was handed to her on. Okay. So next warp encounter. When Five days leave, later. Camera zooms in on the platter. It transforms back into a tentacle. Dun, dun, dun. It just scurries away. I don't remember the healing rules at uh, Heavily Wounded. Um, um, every week gives you one... I think I Wounded. Every... <laughs> I, I'm going to call that Heavily Wounded. Every okay. week gets you one HP back. If you spend the whole week in bed rest, you get your toughness bonus back. Alright, I'll be spending some time in bed recovering from the chainsaw wounds. Good news, though. I rolled, a, I rolled an odd one on your uh, warp encounter. All is well. Any character suffering from a warp travel hallucination can try to shake off the effects. Oh, I do that. I mean, I try to. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I can shake off the chainsword wounds. No, but that'll be a plus zero willpower test to try and shake it off. Uh, so we're spending a fate point to uh, fail. try to get a plus ten. I'm also going to say that yeah. this encounter is not going to cause another uh, hallucination effect. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I, al- I also failed. But by three, <laughs> it would not be fun to kill myself with rending damage before I arrive at the first planet. And well, the, to be fair, you haven't regained would, any HP yet. It takes a week. It would be funny. It would. Not necessarily fun. I'd burn that faint point just for the story. <laughs> and the uh, third uh, warp encounter is also all's well. So you make it on time, breaking out of. Uh, Breaking out of the warp after almost three weeks travel and finally getting that sickening jut into real space, and you find yourself among the heathen stars. Uh, how so many weeks that? was it from my injury? Uh, one week. Okay. So, so what? One week. So what are the heathen stars? <laughs> the heathen stars are, as I mentioned earlier, they are sort of a, a very outer rim section of the galaxy that's a lot of the systems within it have been sort of occupied by pre-existing sort of colonies of man that split off in communication from the Imperium and sort of grew in their own right. Yeah, most of the galaxy used to be like this, just shattered separate communities of man uh, until the Emperor basically, you know, waged a galaxy-wide war to, to reconquer them. Yeah. And, and as you know, we still don't have all of them back. And these yeah. guys we don't have back yet. Yep, the Outer Rim is especially bad about that. I mean, we, we clearly need to have the Ramirez Crusade hit this up. Sorry, the Coronis Expanse. That is the phrase. All right, 
So, as you approach the uh, planet of Agusia, I'm going to call a five-minute break or so. Right. And, and I will be right back. I'm a taciturn space hammer. Except, not really a hammer, kind of just a weird person that chops things up with a sword. How's that working out for you? Terrible. I haven't chopped a single thing up with a sword. Oh, Although man, I, did some sick, I did some sick moves in our spaceship. I basically space one Perone. Also, I like the character portrait could, that could, you could chose. Could be worse, I could be Space Evita. Okay, I'm back. Welcome back. Hello. So, Kevin is back. Josh is here. Max is here. X? I'm here. Cool. We ready to start up then? Everyone feel refreshed? I was never fresh to begin with. Everyone feel refreshed? Not for years. <laughs> okay. So, uh, nothing helps uh, gothic cyberpunk horror go down like a bowl of ice cream. No. Oh, you ass. <laughs> so, so you enter the heathen star system, and you find yourself not too long after, over the course of a couple hours, orbiting the um, the greener-than-you-expected world of Agusia. It's not exactly a garden world, but wouldn't be impossible to transform it into uh, a hive world. That is to say for Max, a, uh, a, a world that is filled with layer upon layer upon layer of city. Surprisingly, one I already knew. Cool. Yeah, just, so it's, it's habitable, just probably doesn't have great resources. Right. So, um, I'll say that you got a small little bio on the planet from, uh, from Robert when you left the system. Essentially... As far as uh, the people who've explored it know, this place was used as a mausoleum planet for millennia, and there are likely trillions of dead on it. In it. Around it. In fact, you have to narrowly avoid a couple of uh, tomb satellites as you orbit the place. So, a thing I don't know if my you character would know, but them all. either way in care uh, for me to know, are spooky psychic ghosts a thing? Yes, but they are a very rare case. Yeah, I think they're mostly warp spirits. I don't know. Usually, but sometimes that can uh, sort of mesh over with the idea of the souls of the dead. Sometimes people end up in the warp when they die. It's not a great way to go. Rest in peace, all you Dark Heresy 1 psychers. Yeah. Rest in, in the peace. warp 8 and then burped. Rest in peace, most Eldar souls. So you also find out that there's only been one exploration effort mounted on this place by a radical sect of the Mechanicus called the Disciples of Thule. The Disciples of Thule are dedicated to uh, sort of examining the technology of pre-imperial humanity, even going so far as to uh, disdain engineering and prototyping relative to that goal. And he hands you, and uh, the bio contains the coordinates on the planet in standard imperial data fashion of the previous attempts to explore that location that he was talking of in the his opening spiel. And so it was a it was a disciples of Thule investigation, um, and that's where we get the story about them basically throwing guys at it, and then they were all picked off by the traps and whatnot. Right. All right. Yeah, I don't think our plans really change all that much, uh, barring anything interesting we see planet side. So let's load up the gun cutter 
take a few mooks with us and uh, go see what happened to the investigation site itself before we head over to the uh, you know the actual not uh, like tomb structure. It's a... Okay, so sorry. What are you examining? Um, just where because if you've got like sort of the detailed GPS stuff, like see if they had like a uh, dig site kind of set up. Uh, and if not, then just head into the you know the temple structure itself or tomb structure. Okay. Uh, there does not appear to be a dig site. It appears that uh, the location that has been handed to you has been mostly abandoned. And it does make sense that this is a place that was investigated. Because as you pass over the essentially hive world-like layers and layers and layers of mausoleums, you find one that appears to be styled as a great cathedral that sort of dwarfs all of the others around it in both size and expense taken. And this is like distinctly different iconography. Like you're, like you're saying cathedral as in just big, weird building and not like an actual imperial. A, a large gothic-looking building that does have some religious iconography on it, but none that's familiar to you. Oh, that's interesting. So there's no there's no remnants of the previous investigators? Um, not from the outside. It appears that there's a clearing where they could have set up, and in fact there's a little bit of sort of darkening of the grass there, but largely speaking, there's no remaining presence. And what did we hear about the circumstances that happened to them? Uh, that they threw a bunch of uh, rank-and-file infantry at it, and uh, tech priests, and they died to the defenses within. No mentions of what defenses they encountered? No. They, they got some slight radio chatter, but uh, the, all the ones that went in died. Of the you poor dumb doomed chuckle-fuck variety. Oh, God! Oh, God! But why do you need to make a saw blade that big? Why? Why would you put... I didn't understand when they were talking about a penitent man. Why would you put knives in one of those? I, I assume the gun cutter, or some computer... Cogitator, sorry. On the gun cutter, has, like, a way of making sure it's safe outside? Uh, yes. But this planet appears to be largely sort of Earth-adjacent, Terra-adjacent. <laughs> so um, the Auspex tells you that um, that it's safe to go out. All right. Yeah, let's uh, bring us in. I guess we'll land where they probably did, uh, and let's hope we don't repeat their mistakes. An auspicious okay. start. All right. Now you stand before this gigantic, thick stone building, sort of similar to the uh, the rock crates that, uh, that you have back in the Imperium. And there appear to be stained glass windows that sort of travel all the way up the sides of the place in standard sort of religious iconography. But the windows themselves appear to be laced with a fine mesh that prevents entry, or indeed prevents breaking of the glass, besides in small square-inch pieces. Is this notably fine architecture, or do things this nice or nicer show up frequently? Um, it is fairly frequent, but it would take a dramatic sum of money. This is where you bury, like, an Imperial War hero. Or, like, a, a high-ranking member of the Ecclesiarchy that uh, was a well-liked person on Terra. So we've got basically stained glass made out of safety glass. Uh, or, you know, some facsimile of safety glass for a structure this big. Uh, is there no form of marking or anything on who or what was buried here? Um, the only image that appears human on this is uh, above the very large steel-inlaid wooden doors 
there is a an engraving of a of a rather sort of normal looking man with his arms with his arms out raised down at his sides, looking down towards the ground with closed eyes. Uh, well, they likely did this, but we've got to check. Uh, going to basically. Does anyone have any solid projectile weapons, or do we all take last stuff? I have a sick bolt pistol. Um, going to order you to uh, shoot at the shoot at the window. I don't know how to use. Not kidding. I know how to use it. It's not super well. <laughs> Roll me ballistic skill. No, it's a window. You can hit it. I rolled it exactly. Don't make me waste this. <laughs> okay, you hit it. You super hit it. You have hit the broad side of a church. <laughs> And it does put a rather large pockmark in the uh, the glass there, but this appears to be thick safety glass. I mean, it was worth a try. How opaque is the glass? You can get sort of an image of what's inside, but it's uh, it's blurry. But you can look in. I try not to ask much, but could we maybe not desecrate these quite ancient tombs? But aren't they from heathen worlds or whatever? Or heathen suns? Heathen stars? Yeah, I mean, they don't worship, this isn't an emperor cathedral. Oh, okay, I thought it was. Yeah. Oh, fuck them then. The Imperium was taking their people here. No, the, uh, the Imperium, as it's known today, has never touched this soil besides a small exploration group at the one of the polar regions. And, oh, okay. And the expo- the explorers that came here. Like as far as we know, this could be this could literally be a Church of Scientology. Yeah, yeah which is why cool. we're totally cool stealing their shit. Um, like it's it's unitology. There's a marker. Dandy will carefully uh, unravel her snake jubilation from around her neck and set it on the ground, and then okay. uh, mentally command okay. it to. So I... can you describe this snake for the audience? Well, I described quick, it I... earlier. You told I just me want to say <laughs> when you said it like that, it sounds like a snake jubilation is a thing. <laughs> well, its name is jubilation. I, I never named it like, no, jubilation. <laughs> Yep, just toss down the snake jubilation. Bam! Everyone have a snake party. Um, anyway, would you like me to re-describe it? I described it at the beginning. Uh, yes, just so I can have a better picture of it. Alright, um, it's kind of a gray-black color that catches the light, though, so it shimmers very slightly. Um, generally quite taller than it is wide and almost sharp angle, much like a ribbon, um... However, that will undulate as it moves to whatever is most convenient at any given time. Um, and at some points, when it is more convenient for climbing purposes, it will ball up and extend like a leech. Uh, its head is a bright scarlet, almost shaped like a mask over its face, with small dots of the similar scintillating black. Ugh. Sure is snake. So what are you doing with this what snake? What a snake. Uh, gonna have it climb up to just one of the higher windows and try and look in. We have a mental link. Okay, yeah, yeah. It sort of squirms up the top, to, up to the top windows, and it appears to be a great atrium inside. It appears that this building is largely hollow above ground, not much in the way of rooms. Is there any details, however fuzzy, that I can see inside the atrium through them? Um, there appears to be. Um, it does appear to be roughly a church inside. So there's a number of pews, an altar at the front, a podium, and some doors in the back. And by the way, anyone who is outside can make me one of three checks. Awareness, survival, or wrangling. What the fuck is wrangling? It's wrangling. You wrangle things. (laughs) Okay. I've never seen a character take that skill. 
I just figured I'd give the do you give the option. I wouldn't I have even thought that. Uh, is this is this a thing where uh, hearing would help? Yes. No. No, it is not. Sorry. Specifically okay. not. Can I roll for Carbidus as well? Sure. I got so a little roll... wrangling. So when I have the skill, I just roll it flat out. Yes. Uh, if you have the skill, you roll your stats that it's based on. Cool. What I did you failed. Carbidus got four degrees. I got 11 out of, like, 20. Oh, that's, tr- that's true. I should roll for my familiar. Uh, I failed by one degree. Um, one sec, checking for snake. Uh, failed, but not by any degrees. Okay. However the basic demand is. And Charybdis got four degrees of what? Success on <laughs> awareness. Okay. And, uh... Yeah, that's about g- going to get you guys all the information you need. So, you see that sort of running through between these buildings... There's a number of wild animals, um, sort of grox-like, um, in that they're you know four-legged beasts that could be put to work in uh, plow fields. But um, there's a number of there's a number of other beasts, and Charybdis in particular notices that um, in the area near the church there are almost no animals, as if they're sort of avoiding it, as if it were some kind of noid. Sure, if you're an asshole. It just so happens that I am. <laughs> That's all. Okay, yeah. I mean, I guess I'd relay what my weird metal bird tells me. I'll relay what my weird snake tells me. No animals. On the surface, at least just a simple church. So, if it's not on the surface, it's got to be under it. In human or proportions? Carefully. Sorry? Aren't the churches human proportioned? Um... It's a bit hard to tell because of how big the doors are on churches like this, but the pews inside do appear to be human size. Okay. It'd be like going up to like one of the great um uh, great Vatican cathedrals and being like, is this made for humans? Or the door was made for giants. <laughs> okay. Um what does the door have like um like big iron rings or something like that to open it or it does. See? Yes. It's a pretty standard cathedral. Um Jubilation will continue just exploring the outside of the building a bit, just seeing the condition it's in, even above. Okay. Yeah, you do a pass around, and it, everything is covered in dust and sort of beweatherments, but it's largely in solid shape. It's not going to be falling down in the next millennia. All right. I'll recall him, then. Okay, so now we were told this place was trapped, uh, so obviously we should, we should follow... Uh, we should be very vigilant. Don't touch anything unless you tell someone that you're touching it. Uh, if you must, you know, uh, take a be a buddy your gun or something. Uh, we need to get that door open. I'm touching the door. I open the door. <laughs> the door responds to the first thing with nothing and to the second thing with opening. Well, no, that was me saying out loud I'm touching the door because he said to... Because uh, Arias said to tell other people if you're touching stuff. Yep, and just letting you know what the oh, associate no, For the rest of this exercise, let's assume we're, we're doing that. Uh, you know, trying to do this very sort of uh, yeah. efficient and militarily. Uh, right. So, yeah. Herzog will be carrying along the heavy flamer. They don't want to mess with that. Yeah, I'll probably have my sword out on my other hand while I'm opening doors up. I'm pretty much always walking with my staff. Um... I will. I will say before going inside, um, uh, Dn will take a just small vial. I'm certain I could have one of those, right? Yeah. Um, and just scoop up a little bit of dirt. 
Not very much. Okay. A tiny amount. You have dirt. Cool. That's it. So I'll fall right. inside. So you open the door? Yep. As you pull open the door, you are met face-to-face with first an awful smell, and then second the image of a half-rotted um, tech priest corpse. So I guess one-quarter rotted considering they're half-machine. Almost did look like he was trying to get out. Worse than that, uh, from about one-foot increments from the left side of the vestibule to the right side, these uh, metal sort of impaling poles have just shot up from the bottom to the top of the cathedral. And he is he appears to be sort of halfway sli- slid down it. That is a, an affirmative on traps. Th- thank you, Master of the Helms. Should I roll I'm sure they weren't here floor? normally. Keep an eye on the floors. I find it difficult to keep an eye on anything. Uh, Phaedra thinks to herself, okay, this is Is that the something reason. they teach them? <laughs> like, in school? Puns. Yeah, yeah, just just ways of sort of minimizing their minimizing your anguish by making jokes about it. Yeah, so yeah, no, don't worry, man. I'm blind. I know it's cool. All right, so beyond the vestibule, um, there is a great number of church pews, as I mentioned, and on the ceiling above, there's this tremendous fresco of um of what appears to be some sort of central deity figure, similar to the man emblazoned on the outside of the church above the doors. Sort of, it appears to be some sort of creation myth, as he's sort of pulling uh, humans out from, these, out from the seas that he's standing above and setting them down onto the shores alongside. In the back of the room, there's, a, there's a, another ornate but sort of human-sized door that goes further into the complex, presumably. And there's a number of sort of torch sconces upon which are sitting sort of electronic torches that are still projecting light out into the center of the room. Um, basically going to have the mooks like box any any uh, technology uh, aside from how many of these are there? Like are there dozens or is there like only a couple? Uh, the sconces? Yeah. There's a good 20 of them. All right. Yeah, I mean, because they, they've been running for a while. Might be some cool tech in there. Should I probably have somebody look at that? Uh, too bad that our engine seer is a 40 skill dunce. Uh, it's reasonable. But, you know, we, I guess we've probably got our own stab lights and whatnot. Yeah. Um, as uh, as your men pull the torches away from their sconces, they, uh, they appear to shut off, remove from a power source. Okay, then let's only bag one of those. Okay. Yeah, basically just using the foyer as sort of a new base camp. Sounds good. Atrium, I should say. Not a foyer. Alright, so what's the plan next? There are a fair number of bookcases with uh, various books sort of speckled across the back and left and right walls. Uh, going to uh, just get like a stick or something and just take a book at random. Uh, with with like, the stick? Yeah, like drag it down by the top. Just knock it off. Wiggle it out, yeah. You remove a book. Take uh, a look at it. I'm guessing not Logothic. Um, it's sort of a very distant dialect. You can sort of piece together that the title says "The Book of Byzantius." Byzantius. Some strange pre-imperial heathen creed, I'm sure. Yeah, it's it's not particularly a name that rings any bells, even to the uh, the ecclesiarch among you. 
<laughs> There's no dude in power armor on the front of this book. What the hell? <laughs> uh, guess we had... For, is it like where a rector would be? I mean, like a normal church? Sort of off and back to the side, the, the door you were talking about, the ornate one? Uh, the door is directly behind the um, the podium, but otherwise, yes. And there are, do there appear to be any other entrances or exits, or just the two doors in the front? Just the door in front and the door in the back. It appears that this was uh, a very simple place, although impossibly ornate. Like everything gold inlaid. Also, so we're set up based like right in front of the door, basically. Well, it appears to be. Like, the Thulians set off a fair amount of traps already, mm-hmm. and we've done a little bit of poking and prodding, and nothing has killed anyone yet. Okay, so no, I, I'm, I'm fine as, with that. As far as we know, this is the safest place yet. I was just going to say that it's probably the Narthex. It's an architectural term. I'm not just saying weird words. Yeah, no, no. I, it's not, okay. not a 40k word, that's an actual... I'm just trying to think of what that is. <laughs> That's the front little antechamber, or like it's not even necessarily the antechamber, but it's the part before the nave, which is the main area where people see, sit in yeah, their it's, pews. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's what in a normal building would be a, a foyer. Kinda, because it's not always a distinct room, whereas a foyer or foyer. Every church I've ever been in often is. But anyway. Because like churches, they can't they can't have atriums, which is a distinct room first before the narthex. This is not important. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, the captain and the death welder briefly pause to discuss clerical architecture. Well, we basically wrote a cathedral here. I mean, you know, <laughs> no, not good. Not I'm not I'm not judging. I like taking any opportunity I have to use the word narthex because I love it. <laughs> it's a sweet word. Okay. Um. Going to... Okay, for the sake of, like, taking up less time, uh, I am looking for traps, but she's going to try to open the door. Yes. But, you know, but it requires maybe... I, I'm not going to just yell, like, on ah, the doorknob and whatnot, you know, and, like... You didn't say you used your thieves' tools. <laughs> <laughs> I just assumed since you weren't using your lockpicks, you were opening the lock with your big fat fingers. Take two hit points worth of damage, dumbass. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not that kind it of... It took a long time to try and fit your fingers into there, and they don't work well. I admire the people who can manage to be, to be that kind of GM and live with themselves, but I'm not that kind of GM. Yeah, so I'm going to open the ornate door. Yeah, and as you open it, there's just this sting of, in the back of your throat as your next breath inhales a mouthful of dust. I'm wearing my rebreather, by the way. Okay. I know you're not that kind of GM, but I'm just tossing that out there. I am too posh for a rebreather. And uh, the room beyond is essentially just a sort of small rockcrete room with uh, various sort of priestly wardrobe supplies, a small bathroom in one corner, and a set of spiral staircases going down into the earth, again, lit by these torches. The only way down, I suppose. Gonna drop a stab light down the stairs, but otherwise continue on. Right. You hear the you hear a number of sounds of your stab light sort of clinking along concrete until finally it hits the uh, it hits the ground below, about one floor down. Okay. Take a step on, and then take some more steps. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. You step down, and you are met with a. Um, 
a large metal lever and a concrete door that's set into the wall in front of you. Uh, Would you like me to take point? If you like. Well, apparently your life is more valuable than mine, so... Shrug. By law, strictly speaking, yes. Um, just, it's fine. Um, she, she in particular, is looking for... Because you described... The only trap they've seen thus far are those weird floor-to-ceiling, like, spikes or poles or... I, I suppose it doesn't matter once you're caught up in them. Uh, so she's, she's keeping an eye for holes. But, yeah, she'll let... Uh, She'll let the big beefy woodmaster take uh, take point. That's fine. Silly. It's one letter away from being silly. She's a bunch of letters away from being that, technically. Okay, yeah. No, I'll, uh, I'll take point, because even if I get hit by a trap, I'm more likely to not die than anyone else here, given that we don't have a tech priest. <laughs> given that we don't have uh, a walking tank that poses as a man. So, yeah, Ali will basically uh, yeah head down cautiously. I'll have my bird keep a closer lookout than me because it's better at seeing things. And yeah, start heading down to something of yeah, to see something cool or something dangerous. Cool or dangerous or both. Okay. So you said you had a rebreather, not a respirator, right? Uh correct. Okay. Alright. So oh, sorry, you're fucked then. <laughs> no, so sorry, you died? Because now he's got me thinking about what would possibly make the distinction between those two things. There is a word. difference. Alright, so you um <laughs> you make your way in. You basically the le- the lever sort of operates the concrete door. And the door pops Oh, we opened a shortcut. Yeah. Like in Dark Souls. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> yeah, the door pops open and there's a rather nice gilded room inside with a number of plush purple armchairs and a monitor above the next door inside. Is the monitor on? It is, although it appears to be in some form of idle mode. God damn it, Josh. There's a Vocaloid singing on it. It's in idle mode. Yeah. We're taking those chairs on the way back. They're fancy. All right, will they crumble if you touch I like. I'll poke one of the chairs. No, they're, they're fine. Fairly well preserved. Covered in dust. Damn. but These are pretty the, nice chairs. This whole place is basically bone dry in terms of humidity. What fabric are they made out of? Um, they're made of something silk-like. Oh man. Silk adjacent. Yeah, and as you enter the room, um, there there's just a sort of cheery font that appears on the on the monitor that says, "Please have a seat." I I look at Ramirez. Um, there doesn't appear to be like a. Is, is there a door out? There is another door on the opposite side, but it is heavy, concrete, and largely immobile. And, yeah, that's on the monitors above, right? Yeah. Is there anything distinctly mechanical or otherwise that we can tell about these chairs? We have to solve their chair riddle. They, like, you can you can grab the arms and move them around. They're not, like, attached to anything. Wait, in what language does it say that? Is it like in a like? Can we kind of recognize it as yeah. X? It's a slightly different language. Okay. Essentially, like it is very slightly different, but you can get the gist of it. Yeah. Okay, that's important because if it was like in perfect, like low or high gothic, it'd be like. No, no yeah. it's Albert. Like, it's, it's just low gothic, but rearranged. Yeah, Ramirez. It it fits the language that you saw on the Book of Byzantius. So, like, is this 
pretty darn close, or is this like between Portuguese and Spanish close? Um, where they just have like some crossover words, and then the rest you can kind of interpret a bit because of the formula. The syntax looks a, a bit different, but the like actual words that they're used to describe things are familiar to you. Like archaic words for things, but still uh, still recognizable. They're just sort they of put an E on the right? end of every one of the words for some reason. Avhe a itse. Oh man, not one of the pig languages. <laughs> yeah, so does everyone sit down? I never specialized we, in pig. We coffee. purged the pig people long ago. There's no need for pig Latin. For me, this doesn't make a pig call. Pig Gothic is down. the worst language. Uh, yeah, yeah, she'll sit down. Right, gently. Gavin. I mean, I'm gonna look to yeah, see if there's like a spot for spikes first. There's there's no spot beneath this that uh could accept a spike. It's concrete okay. floor. Although there does appear to be a sort of a grid-like pattern along the ground. That's does it match up with the chairs in any way? No. Anyway. We need to push to look at each other. <laughs> as as you sit down, there's a pleasant tone that comes from the uh, comes from the monitor, and someone appears on it. Someone wearing a, a priestly garment garment that's similar to what's the sort of person that was on the fresco ceiling and in the other room was wearing. Sort of very simple brown robes. And she speaks in this this language that is sort of recognizable. And I'll basically translate it for you because I don't know how to uh, Tolkien up a language on the spot. <laughs> Thank you for having a seat. Welcome to the Purification Chamber. Fuck, it is Scientology. Please insert Thetan readings. <laughs> nah. Oh man, I have those on hand. <laughs> this is my starting character sheet. <laughs> I knew you were a heretic. <laughs> but in actuality, D'Andy is just getting more and more comfortable in this chair, just pulling yourself up into it. You have entered the mausoleum of King Daenerys. Please close the entry door to begin purification procedure. Do you think that they mean purification like we mean purification? Well, how are you saying that we mean purification? Uh, I look at the priest with the giant flamethrower. He's probably I having a bit you. difficulty sitting in a chair with it. Yeah. <laughs> I, Just uh, sitting with his legs over one the arm of it. I mean, there's no sort of... Uh, it takes a look around because she's looking for, for holes for spikes. So if there were like you know nozzles that could spray gas or things that would spread fire... Those, uh, you know, at least if they're not, you know, noticeably here. I, I mean, there it's purification. Uh, but it's weird because if there's no flamethrowers, that also means that there's no like showers. So I'm not really sure what they're purifying. Um, there's more to us than just our bodies. Okay, that's the opposite of reassuring. <laughs> I'm not saying it to be reassuring. Oh, fair enough. Gonna get stabbed with a soul arrow. <laughs> And then I'll get a stand. It'll be great. Yeah. Yeah. Try not to die. <laughs> I already have a stand. It's a fucking grapple hog. The <laughs> 40k universe started getting stands that. Oh no, no, I don't even want. To. Okay. Well, um, you need to rename your grapple hog something based on music now. <laughs> um. No. Let's just let's just give it a shot. I mean, there's no there are no dead bodies in here or anything. I, I think. Well, how long ago was the? Who were the guys who were checking this out? Uh, something on the order of a year. Okay, now this is more dust than a year's worth of dust on these chairs, though, right? 
Um, some of it is a little bit scattered around, but it could have easily happened just from the air pressure changes when you open the door. It's tough to say. Yep. Uh, Phaedra's going to go over and click down the, uh, you know, to close the opposite door. Okay. So you close the door. Thank you for your cooperation. Purification process commencing. And then a 45-minute timer appears on the monitor, ticking down. And after about a minute, it starts to get a little hard to breathe. Uh, do any of you have a hand auspex or anything like that? Hand scanner, something like that? Uh, I'd have one on the sheet. I assume they'd probably be out with the mooks. Probably. Um, I have a blessed ship token. That is not that. I have <laughs> some hamasek. <laughs> a robo bird. Bird's fine. Does it have a what you call it? Wait, does it Probably though? Not. Hold on. I don't, I don't does it though? <laughs> I, I I I need the post. Uh, I need the corrected version of the grapple hawk stats because I think you guys give me the other one. Because I just have that it has machine four and nothing about any armor stuff that you were talking about. Let's see. Inbuilt Vox and Cogitator grappling units auspex. Shit. <laughs> Your grapple hawk has an auspex in it. Like Apple Hawk is the best. All right, it's it a distinctly different device to test the unknown. <laughs> well, so this device, the uh, the the hawk lands on your arm, just sort of goes down, and a sort of little panel opens on its back for a readout, and it's flashing a little red thing that says CO2 concentration warning. There's a ton of guys. Uh, there's a lot of CO2. I'm not entirely certain what CO2 is. But there's lots of it. That's probably why we're getting sleepy. Uh, rebreather. You're, you're fine, book actually. Book. Oh, you, I, you that's have, why you all look sleepy. You have a rebreather and not a respirator. <laughs> yes. Oh, you're right. Sweet. Okay, well, uh, judging by how much time has passed, could we do the trade it around for 45 minutes thing? Um... You could try, and it wouldn't be pleasant, but it would probably get you through 45 minutes without brain damage. I'd ask for a toughness test for all of you, but there would be no risk of dying. Well, did anything else change in the room, or is it just the just the monitor? Uh, there's a very gentle hissing noise, but there's there's no like gas spewer or anything like that that popped out. <laughs> No, I was thinking more something more overt, like if like you know <laughs> three weapons popped up and it's like kill each other to me or something. <laughs> oh no, nothing like that. Yeah, I was told I was kind of I was actually kind of almost hoping for that for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> Although funnily enough, you do sort of catch the scent of incense. It seems very possible that this was never actually designed as a death trap, but rather just an actual purification procedure. Oh, like their oxygen scrubber stopped working, and so it's shooting in nothing but incense now. <laughs> Essentially. Is it all possible to find out where the uh, CO2 is coming from? Um, yeah, the auspex can help you figure that out. Uh, it appears to be coming up through the grid in the floor. The entire grid, huh? Seems that way. Uh, I do have a bunch of potted plants. Could I overclock them? <laughs> I'm going to look at your character sheet right now. And I'll check the when edited dates. Didn't you know we're just playing DO2? As long as you didn't see them add it to their sheet, it's can. <laughs> I mean, and to be fair, like I've been editing it because we've been playing the game. That's okay. I I don't actually have your character sheet up. Oh, okay. Then I'll just erase this potted plants times five I just typed. <laughs> yeah, I figured. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, we'll have to pass the rebreather around, but I think we could make it this. I mean, it won't be. It'll be uncomfortable. I have the survivor trait, which makes me think that I'm not the kind of person who would normally do this. But you are like, wait, you have you for some reason I'm supposed to do what you say. So, all right. Social link increased. Scylla will now die for you. No, nah, I just think I'm better holding my breath. <laughs> survivor means you're good at surviving, right? Yeah, worst case scenario, they all die first and then I'm fine because I'll just take the rebreather for the rest of the duration. <laughs> you're pretty confident you could overpower any of these chumps. Uh, I passed my toughness test since you said we're going to be making those. Yep, everyone makes a toughness test. At base? Yes. Plus zero. Because okay, it probably matters for these nerds. Uh, ooh, I do make that. Six out of I'll go ahead and add a fade point to that, but I need to roll and see if I actually spend a fade point. Okay. I do. Okay. Um... <laughs> It happens. All right, it's a one on. It, it happens only when it doesn't matter. Yeah, one out of ten times, <laughs> I won't have to spend the fate point to spend a fate point. I've only ever had it happen in sessions where I ended with like two fate points. <laughs> I rolled a ninety-four, so I decided to re-roll, and I got eighty-five. So how many degrees you... is that? Kevin, it's been a bad night. Uh, let's see, four degrees. All right, so I'll I'll say you get um. Two levels of fatigue. Okay. Two degrees of success. Okay. All right, so... Oh, I guess uh, I should roll for me, Snake. So, uh... Does it need to breathe? I, I, I guess. I mean, it's alive. I mean, it's not going to be making many rolls, so unless fatigue's it, not going to matter too much. Unless it doesn't have, like, it, it has, like, from beyond or something. It <laughs> doesn't have that. It has an absurd amount of unnatural toughness, but that doesn't matter for this. It's, it's not a machine, so it's... Just, yeah. Just every time that uh that they pass the rebreather to you, you sort of jam the snake's face into it. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, didn't pass. Well, to be fair, I just need to like jam it. It can just kind of like smoosh up against her chin because it's yep. so smoothy and weird and gross. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It can just fill the rest of the rebreather oh. that I'm using. <laughs> and I just stare at you like, why are you doing that to my rebreather? <laughs> why are you doing that to the snake? Are you doing this to all of us, including I the think, audience? I think the snake's doing it. <laughs> the snake's jelloing into there. Blorp. <laughs> what a good mold. It comes out rebreather shaped. <laughs> oh. Am I going to um, have to be the guy that, that gets rebreathers for everyone again? Is this a probably. thing? This, God damn it. Okay. Anyway, yeah, snake, snake had one degree of failure. Herzog, that heavy flamer is growing pretty heavy on your back, but you're staying conscious, and that's what matters. In fact, you're probably just trying to take as little air as possible to make sure the rest make it in case something goes wrong, or you're breathing wrong. One probably both. Por que no los dos? Okay, so, um, 45 minutes later, there's another sort of... How well does CO2 give sound? Fine. All right? Yeah. You mean in carry sound? Yeah, just like a... It's fine. Okay. Yeah, there's a, another pleasant beeping noise from the uh, monitor. Purification complete. Thank you for your cooperation. And um, the opposite door opens up and just fills the room you're in with more dust. Who's wearing the rebooter at the time? The... Captain is. Okay. All right. So everyone, you get that peculiar scratching in the back of your throat... And you can hear a sort of mechanical thrumming from further down in the uh, mausoleum. And now it looks like the captain's wearing a domino mask. Of dust. Everyone's just covered. 
Yeah, and uh, just outside these doors, you can see that uh, there's a pair of another pair of tech priest corpses, both of which seem to be missing the. Uh, they seem to have never gotten that respiratory implant. Oh, those poor bastards! And they've sort of been unceremoniously dumped in a pile in a corner next to the exit. Yeah, can't depend on just on them. What's can't that? Depend on the tech priest for a funeral. They're lucky uh, they're not servitors. From a superficial glance, do they have anything of interest on them? Um, they're each carrying, like, rather shitty, solid projectile pistols. It's it's well known of the Disciples of Thule that they very much do not like uh, confrontation. That's fair. But largely, they're just carrying sacred unguents and machine oil and things like that. Yeah, I didn't have anything particularly in mind, just was wondering what they had. Yeah. I, I wipe out the inside of my rebreather and just... If we survive this, you're all getting your own. You, you pull back some worm gel. It's not a worm that <laughs> wouldn't have gel. You pull back some snake slime. <laughs> yes, the slime that comes off of snakes. The very thing yes. that happens all the time. Snakes are the I'm ones sorry, that... the way you describe the thing, it sounds more like a tapeworm than anything else. <laughs> snakes snakes oh, look, are more... Amorphous. It moves right. like it's made out of liquid, but it's not made out of liquid. It's a snake. <laughs> Snakes are the ones that live in shells, right? And don't like salt? <laughs> it is literally mutated so that it moves like it's malleable. Sometimes what do you fucking it dies want? On a tree frog a snake. Snakes are the ones that make honey, right? Mmm, <laughs> <laughs> snake honey. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just get too many snakes and then they make another snake queen and then they fight <laughs> and see which one stays. <laughs> But then you know the big back to my Floyd Master. Let's you know kick kick the uh, ad mech guys out of the way. Keep going. Okay, there's another set of stairs down where they continue into the uh, sparsely lit darkness. It's beginning to the the walls are beginning to cover with uh, with monitors that display well hololithic monitors that display these sort of classical style frescoes and paintings on their services that change every now and again. It's very sort of eerie in the torchlight. And as you move down the hallway, the thrumming gets louder. And if you have any idea what this is? Yeah, do we have any way to identify what that sound is? Um, that'd be a tech use check. I have forbidden lore Xenos. I don't suppose that's a thing I can do unskilled. Scholastic lore astromancy? When did you get astromancy? I don't know, roll one of those I'm, things, sure. Oh no, I you got would it because get it. I'm Voidmaster. Yeah. <laughs> Give it a try, Josh. Okay. Uh, I'm not 100 sure I'm... what Astromancy is, but whatever. Well, that great is, intelligence. Drawing, is drawing maps and reading like stop, you know, maps uh, on the planetary and interplanetary ah. scale. Yeah. Who knows? Could be relevant. I, fa- I failed. Okay. Uh, but it, it's like the ones on our ship, or the, hol- the hololithic displays. Yeah. Um, similar technology. It's not identical. Hmm. More stuff to tear out of the walls when we leave. Okay. Just put the whole church on top of our ship. Just weld it. <laughs> not like it would really change the architecture that much. All right. Um, does this, uh, it's a, it's a hallway or a stairway with these sort of surrounding it? It's a hallway. Okay. That culminates in another levered concrete door. Uh, any monitors? The monitors are sort of lining the hallway. Right. One, one every couple feet. Um, we'll either pick up a stab light and throw it, and then, you know, walk forward, unless it 
spring something awful. Um, okay. Uh, what is a stab light? Is it just a flashlight? It's uh, it's a glow stick. Oh, okay. Like you know, one, because because you can't just call it a glow stick in the. Why does it stab? Future. Well, no, you get it confused with low sticks that are cigarette weed. <laughs> it's just a glow stick with, like, gold inlay because it's a rogue trader and they can't use any fucking normal object. <laughs> it has a machine spirit. I am lighting the area. <laughs> you got it, buddy. The chemical reaction is slowing down. Soon I Please. will be dim. <laughs> Please, place into a refrigerated device if you wish to in, in length and duration. <laughs> Please remove my dignity, my dignity algorithm. Yeah. So you throw the stab light through, and no, nothing appears to happen. You know what? Actually, looking it up, I think uh, stab light is what they call flashlight. It, that it makes sense. You're like stabbing the darkness. Stabbing the darkness. That's yeah. what I imagined. And I mean, like, whatever. You're rich enough that you can, you can have a glow stick. stick. Just throw well, I like that he has a bunch of flashlights. That, or she has a bunch of flashlights that she just, just throws a out. Of flashlights. <laughs> yeah, yeah. fucking mag lights. And you just like open one up and just toss. <laughs> Fuck it, I'm rich. Uh, the shipboard emergency kits mention having a stab light in them, and so to me, having a glow stick seemed to make more sense than a flashlight. Flashlights are pretty often in emergency kits. I would certainly rather have a flashlight in an emergency. Yeah, but what if there was an EMP? Then I guess I'd want a glow stick, wouldn't I, Josh? Then I, I guess yeah. I'd be fucked because it's a shipboard emergency kit. Well, I meant in general, but okay, yes. Yeah. Um, uh, so, do you open the next room? Yep. Just liberal. <laughs> Fucking bandolier flashlights. This room appears to be the source of the metallic thrumming, and as you pull the lever, the door opens and it is pitch black in the next room. How does darkness affect me? Um. I think darkness still renders you unable to see, just like as a convenience thing. All right, gotcha. I make it not dark, or at least make the area near us not dark. Okay, so you just sort of put the flashlight out into the area. Yeah, just kind of. Yeah, just kind of holding it. You know. Do you have an extra one or just the one? Sweeping. Uh, they're they're flashlights. We. You can have flashlights. We have flashlights. Perfect. Yeah. I set one into my snake's tail. God damn it! <laughs> yeah. So you uh you put the beam in and it actually doesn't seem to do much to help the uh the light situation. And then you realize that the walls you're pointing them at are squirming. Back out slowly. <laughs> just just squirming make other people closer. Like on the vestiges of the light you've the dim light you've let pour into the room, you can see small little sort of fist-sized black creatures scuttling ar- around the ground. Okay, so this stuff Squirming on the walls. The walls themselves are not squirming. That's an important distinction to make here. Uh, okay. Um, Can we tell any details from what they look like? Uh, do you bring in any mooks? Do we uh, have yeah, any mooks? I don't think they would have been able to get past the purification bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. If the purification room reopened, then sure. If not, we didn't bring any into the purification room. So. Okay. So with Kevin bowing out, would you like to uh, take a break, pick this up next time? Sure. Sure. Okay. So, until next time, internets, we'll see what happens in this mausoleum. I'll catch you next time, 40k. Nope, that was the wrong voice. That was the Skeletor. I was Skeletor, not a Dr. Badman. Fuck. Next time. Chaos? What's this? Uh, What? The guy with the cat that Inspector Gadget tries to catch.
Yeah. Dr. Claw. Yeah, Dr. Claw. Next time, gadgets. Yes. yes. Not, I'll catch you next time, gadget. I mean, I feel like a real dork because I did like a salute and put my hands on my hips as I did that farewell. <laughs> like in real life. Oh, yeah. Um, killing the broadcast. Tell us. Good night. Good night. Good night, Internet.